You're listening to The Roundup, a podcast for the happenings in Swatch County, Colorado, the gateway to the San Luis Valley. We hope you enjoy your time with us today. Hello, this is Stephanie Bupler and Sarah Krantz, and we are really excited to welcome one of our town's first responders. Today's guest is Senior Deputy Wayne Clark. Welcome, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me here today, ladies. So, Wayne, um, welcome. You wear so many hats. It's kind of interesting. I hear you're our father. You're obviously a husband, a deputy, teacher, trainer, chef. Let's start with public service. Why public service? You know, I started as a reserve deputy or reserve officer down in New Mexico back in 1999 and just decided I really liked it. I was also doing firefighting and EMS as a volunteers for the town that I was living in and just kept going on it. I've gotten out a couple times, but I always come back to it. So it's definitely your love. Yes, it is. 1999. That was quite some time ago. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Wayne had to cancel our first meeting for a podcast because it was his birthday and he had all of these emergencies happening. So So you don't get time off. You know, we we do a lot of overtime in this department. We cover 3,200 square miles. It's about the size of Rhode Island and Connecticut. We should have about 14 officers and we have four or five. Oh, so that's crazy. We spend a lot of time on the road. So what brought you to Sawatch County? We had friends up here, and we used to come up here from Albuquerque to visit. It's beautiful. I thought it'd be a good place to raise a family. Mm-hmm. I really liked the sheriff, Dan Warwick. He was the undersheriff at the time, mm-hmm. and he offered me a job. We talked about it, and we decided to move up here. Nice. you got to fall in love with those Sangre de Cristo Mountains. I mean, my oh, yeah. goodness. I love my office every day when I go out and I look at just, it's incredible, beautiful. Right. When you came up from Albuquerque, did you take the Southern route in when you came up? We, which time? <laughs> we, we, go up, we usually go through Española. Oh, okay. All right. So cool. So we go the back way. Yeah. So you have those beautiful mountains coming in. Well, I don't blame you for falling in love with the place. What's your favorite part of your job? There's an amazing group of people here and it doesn't matter where you're at you're going to find some really great people. The next one would have to be how beautiful the county is. Just, we, we're all over. We go from Poncha Pass to center. We go to the top of the mountains behind Crestone. And then we go all the way out to uh, Sargent's, which is near Gunnison. Mm-hmm. Well, you must drive an awful lot. We do. We put a lot of miles what on What kind of wheels. miles do you put on? There's, da- there's days when I'll fill my vehicle up twice. Well, I'll fill my unit up twice. It just depends. There's been times I've done five, 600 miles in a day. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot. That's a few trips around the valley, isn't it? Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, so, you get one call over here, and then you get one call over in Crestone and back and forth and back and forth. And right. Yesterday, I was Lagarita, uh, halfway up Bonanza. I was up in Crestone two or three times. Mm-hmm. Crazy day. What kind of response time do you guys have since you're covering such a huge area? You know, it's it's difficult to tell. Mm-hmm. If we go out to Sargent's, which is our furthest area, mm-hmm. that may that may take us an hour. If we, yeah. depending on how many deputies we have on, we may be up at the top of Poncha Pass, have a call at the far end of the Baca. You're looking 45 minutes to an hour. It's a long response time, isn't it? It is. You have to prioritize, I'm certain. We do. You know. And like I said, sometimes it's rough because, you know, you may... 
there may be something going on that you want to get there really, really fast, and you can only go so fast. Right. Yeah. Well, and with that few officers, is there hope for future officers? We're hoping. Well. It's, it's a matter of money, as always. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's always the problem with sheriff's departments and right. any public service, I think, finances. Yeah, so. there's, there's not a whole lot of uh, tax base here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you consider the toughest part of your job? I think a lot, the toughest part would probably be a lot of the poverty, a lot mm -hmm. of the people that are here that don't really feel like they have any hope or any, anywhere to go. We don't have a lot of resources for people, and that makes it difficult at times. Well, you are kind of the front person, I see, for communications with the Sheriff's Department. I know when I get on SAG Tenors and see things, or Facebook or whatever, it's always nice to get the little posts, but they seem to be from you. Are you definitely the communications person? I'm usually the one that's putting the stuff up. I run the Facebook page. Um, I talk with a lot of people, things like that. Mm -hmm. Love your Facebook page and your stories. It's called Press Hard, You're Making Three Copies. Yeah, Press Hard, You're Making Three <laughs> Copies. Those stories are so funny. You should write a memoir or a book about those. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. That's basically just cop life. I mean, it's stuff where you look at it and you're like, oh, no. But it's all true. And people go, well, how come you don't put more of those up? And it's like, I only put them up if they're true as they happen or as they've happened in the past. Right. But some of it, even today, I'm just like, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> So has COVID-19 or all of this quarantine affected you? We go out, we wear masks, we wear gloves. Mm -hmm. We'll get calls from people saying, hey, there's three people over there talking without gloves or masks. It hasn't affected us much. There's been an outbreak down in the center, which is in the, in the county. So we're mm -hmm. a little bit concerned about that. Right. I mean, we've got an increase here in the county. I noticed this morning that the health department had published that. And I noticed center's got some closer restrictions. Here in town, though, has it affected you in any way? Not really. Mm -hmm. We, when we talk to people, we don't usually get that close anyway, so. That's, That's probably good. a good thing right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there is one message that you would like the general public to know, what would it be? Just basically, it could be anything. What would you want to tell people? This is your chance. Folks, if you need help with something, ask. We'll do the best we can to get the resources to you. They may be limited, but we'll do what we can. We have a lot of people, there's a lot of domestic violence here. There's suicides, stuff like that. And reach out, ask for help. Let us, let us help you. Let us try to find the help for you because we will. But just if you need help, just reach out and ask. I'm glad that you said that because I know with different people around here, they feel so comfortable talking to you. And even you have come up to me, hey, is everything okay? And that is such an important role to play in this community and you also teach a woman's safety class right which is awesome i took it and you you gave me a fat lip i think <laughs> <laughs> good job <laughs> you also teach a conceal and carry class you have actually invested a lot of time in women's safety what brought you to women's safety i had a sister years and years ago that was involved in a domestic violence situation. It was an ongoing thing. We thought that we were a really tight, close family. She started pulling away. She'd show up for stuff occasionally. She'd have bruises. She'd have other stuff where she got clumsy. She ran into walls. She hit the doorknob, stuff like that. 
This went on for quite a while, and then eventually her partner put her in the emergency room. At that point, Kuma Tactical, which is our training company, was born because I decided that I would do everything I could to make sure that didn't happen to other people. Mm-hmm. I also have three daughters, and I have a wife. I have sisters. I don't want them to be in fear, and I don't want them to be hurt. How often do you teach these classes? We've been teaching here in the Valley. It's funny. We used to charge for them, but there was such a need for it that we started teaching them for free. My sergeant, uh, Richard Pasco, and I teach them. And what we teach is we teach Krav Maga, which is an amazing form of self-defense. The thing with that is we've taught probably two to 300 women in the class. We charge $1 for the classes, and it doesn't matter how many people. We try to do them four or five times a year. Okay. That's wonderful. And, uh, just a shameless plug for the coffee shop here. Last time that we taught with Stephanie, she bought danishes and all kinds of other stuff. Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> and as far as her fat lips, she didn't duck fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> you, th- that is such an important thing that you do for the community. And What a uh, gift. I know. And it, it's good to know because I travel all over the place and I and I'm often alone and what you taught me I feel more secure actually going out and it's like I know how to defend myself and I still practice on Dave Excellent. just so you know <laughs> and I think it's just really a great thing that that you do for the community and you also do a conceal and carry class is that for women specifically or for anyone and how how do they enroll in that the concealed carry class is so you can legally carry a concealed handgun mm-hmm and my last couple of classes have been all women. Mm-hmm. It's amazing because when I first started teaching these classes 10 or 12 years ago, it was mostly men. Okay. And I taught a class recently that was made up of five or six women. And most of them are women now because it's sad to say, but you're, you're kind of responsible for your own safety, especially out here. Mm-hmm. It may oh, take, yeah. you know, like we said, it may take an hour for a deputy to get out to where you are. And just so we throw this disclaimer in. Everything that I say is my own opinion. It's not the Swatch County Sheriff's Office or anything. Oh, okay. Let me put that that out there. Is there a difference between the concealed carry and open carry? Would you explain us that? Yes, ma'am. Anyone in the state of Colorado can open carry as long as they can legally do so. Is that with or without a course? That's without a course. Okay. When you take the course and you go through the background checks and everything Mm -hmm. else, then you can concealed carry. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of concealed carry due to the fact that you don't want people to know that you're carrying a gun. Mm-hmm. When I go somewhere with my children and we see someone carrying a gun out in the open, even as law enforcement, even though I carry a gun, mm-hmm. it makes me uncomfortable. Makes me uncomfortable too. And I think, you know, it's, you know, if you have a concealed weapon, then it's more of a surprise, but it also makes other people feel a little bit better about not having to see it. Right. Yeah. I'm getting ready to go on a a through hike and a lot of people have been asking me, are you going to be carrying a gun? And for me, I, I'm comfortable not carrying a gun because the only thing that I would probably shoot in the woods is a human. So, (laughs) (laughs) or your foot or my foot. Yes, exactly. Or my foot. I I don't know if I could shoot an animal, but I am getting a lot of, I'm on a couple of Facebook groups and it, um, specifically for women hikers. 
and they are asking, what kind of gun should I carry in the woods? And my response has always been, if you need to ask on a Facebook group, you probably shouldn't be asking. Um, you probably should take a concealed carry class. Is that is that true? Am I giving out good advice? If they're just hiking in the woods, should they still take the class? I think everybody should take the class because it has a lot of the weapon safety, things like that. As far as hiking with a gun, if you're hiking, that's a time that I could actually see having an open carry because mm-hmm, you don't know who mm-hmm. you're going to meet or anything else like that. Right. So I think it's a good thing that if you're out hiking, especially if you're doing a long hike, that you carry something. And when I tell people, like I'll get people that have never, ever taken anything to do with guns before. And I say, go to a gun shop and feel a bunch of guns. Mm-hmm. See what's comfortable. See what's good for you. Check the different carries. You know, do you want to carry it on your hip? Do you want to carry it in a shoulder holster? How do you want to carry it? Mm-hmm. And I say, check all those and see what you can do also. When we go shoot as part of the class, I bring out six or seven different handguns for people to try. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be comfortable with what you're doing or else you'll never carry it and you'll never use it. Right. And so you suggest actually taking the class before you purchase a gun? I have people that do both. When you get your permit, it's good for 10 years. So you don't have mm-hmm. to go and get your concealed carry right away. Right. And I, you know, I, there, there are a lot of different opinions on carrying a gun when you're hiking. A lot of hikers say, well, by the time you get a gun that's big enough to shoot and kill a bear, it's too big. You, you know, you're just carrying a gun through the woods because you can't carry anything else. What's your thought on that? That bear's going to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> so the gun's not going to protect you. And like I said, it's one of those things, you know, I'd rather have one and not use it than need it and not have it. That's how, how old do you have to be to get your concealed carry in the state? 21. 21. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Bear spray is good to carry for bears. You just have to worry about the wind. Right. Oh, yeah. That happened. A bad experience with me one time. Right. Yeah. So that's just something that a lot of people feel like they need to protect themselves from a bear with a gun and it's just not really a feasible I think the situational thing. awareness would be better, you know, know what you're doing, know where you're at. Right. Bear smell too. Oh, yeah. yeah, you smell a bear before you actually <laughs> see the bear. You smell it way off. And and mountain lions, did you know that they make a, a high pitched squeaking sound and they give you plenty of warning. It's just that people don't know that sound. And so they continue to get closer to the mountain lion. And that's when attacks happen yeah mountain lions don't actually have good eyesight yeah well on to something else one of your other professions tell us about your dog training i am affiliated with altitude canine kennels down in colorado springs mm-hmm. i have a absolutely incredible partner his name is promise lee he is a pastor of a church down there also and has been training dogs forever what we train down there is we train police dogs we train personal protection dogs uh, just a wide variety of things how long does it take to train a dog? Depends on the dog. Some pick it up really, really quick. We get our dogs in, a lot of them from Germany and Russia, mm-hmm. and we have them bought in, and their genetics and their bloodlines are just amazing. Mm-hmm. And those ones are usually pretty quick to train. Right. My wife has a French Chihuahua, or she has a French Bulldog Chihuahua mix. <laughs> I was just thinking maybe he could train Lola, yeah. and, uh, who's a Yorkie poo. <laughs> you know, and, and we were working with her, and God bless her little heart. She's she's a great lap dog. 
Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We were just trying to get her to be an ankle biter and it didn't work at all. Right. (laughs) What characteristics do you look for in a dog? Do you pick the dogs or do people send them to you? We do. We do both. Usually we, at any given time, we probably have 15 or 20 dogs there. Mm -hmm. And they range from usually shepherds to mouths to, we've had a couple of poodles in there, boxers, things Mm -hmm. like that. And those are the ones that people bring in to be trained. The poodles and boxers, they, they send them to a police academy to be trained? Right. Well, we're, we're, <laughs> we're private, but we train, like I said, a lot of the different stuff. We train like some of the protection dogs. Right. You know, where literally you can have your dog, you walk up to the front of your house, you open the door, mm-hmm. and your dog will go through every room of the house, and you can put it on either bark or attack, mm-hmm. depending on what's going on in your house, things oh, really? like that. Yeah, it's really? amazing to watch. About... What's the average time that a dog would spend there? I realize that it's a to the breed, but if somebody buys basically the package to have their dog trained, what do you expect it to be done in a month, two months? Probably three to four. Oh, really? Depending okay. on how intense and what you want. There's different levels. Mm-hmm. You know, we train a lot of the police dogs, so we have patrol dogs, which are the which are the bite dogs, and then mm-hmm. we also have drug dogs, which are that. Um, strictly for the drugs. And then Mm -hmm. you can have a dual purpose dog and the dual purpose do both. Oh, wow. We've also trained dogs for currency to find large amounts of money, uh, electronics. Mm -hmm. We had a couple of the dogs that we were training for bombs and whatnot. Have you (laughs) trained any or have been requested to train any regarding this COVID? We have not. Okay. We're we're actually kind of locked down. But if any, if either one of you ladies want to come down, we'll put you in the suit. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can pass on that one. <laughs> you know, I, I taught a mentor class up at the, at the academy, uh, not the academy, up at uh, Crestone Charter School a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And one of the final things that we did is took the kids down to Colorado Springs, put them in sleeves. And one of the boys was like, I will never, ever break the law. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, yeah. Well, good does the watch have trained dogs? We don't. We we have a dog that is with the undersheriff mm-hmm. and that he's working with. And we have talked about getting dogs here. It's it's a big time and financial commitment. They are definitely. Yeah, they're, they're really expensive. How much does a a dog a german shepherd from germany that how much does it cost just to purchase it purchase it's usually a couple thousand dollars mm-hmm. um when they're all trained up and everything you're looking anywhere from 12 to 15 eighteen thousand dollars yeah wow. yeah that's personal protection crazy. dog will actually cost you more oh, really? really and then once it's trained and the police department has it they have to care for it obviously do they have to redo their train reinforce it Right. They so get, do they send them back for refresher courses? Yeah, they go back and they're constantly training. You have time during the day and stuff. One of the things we offer at Altitude Canine Kennels is if you buy a dog from us, you can bring it back and we'll tune it up for you every year and stuff like that mm. just nice. to make sure that everything's working. And then we also train you as the, as the owner on what to do and how to act. Well, when it goes to a police academy or a police department or a sheriff's department or whatever, is it locked to one officer or two officers? It, it depends on the department. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Usually they want to keep them with one officer. There's some dogs that could work with you and then work with Stephanie mm-hmm. and then work with me. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on how they want it trained. Right. I have a dog right now that I've had for several years and all her commands are in French. So, oh, nice. We've trained, trained in German, we've trained in French, we've trained in Swahili, we've trained in oh. probably 10 or 12 different languages. 
Really? Wouldn't help me much. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know any. Yeah. I don't know language. any either. So yeah. I'd be kind of up a creek. But then again, the criminal wouldn't know what kind of command you were giving to a dog, which would right. be really kind mm-hmm. of a protective mechanism. Yeah, really. And I like the French because it's softer. Oh, really? Yeah. The German's very hard. Mm-hmm. Right. Give us a French command. Couché. Couché. And then for German, plots. Plots. Ah. What does that mean? Attack? Yeah. Oh, down. Okay, cool. Um, so who gets your dogs? When someone comes to you and they say to you, hey, I'm, I'm looking for a dog, is it mostly police departments? Is it just normal, everyday people? Or? We get a lot of normal, everyday people. With everything that's going on right now, a lot of people are they're scared. People are worried. Um, right. you know, gun sales are way up. Dog sales are way up. People are afraid. So mm-hmm. we get a lot of normal, everyday people that just want a protection dog for their house. Well, I'm with your wife. I just want the lap dog. <laughs> <laughs> she I, loves that lap dog. <laughs> well, on to something really positive. Tell us about your passion for cooking in Wayne's Barbecue. Wayne's Barbecue Shack. This is going to be a shameless plug. Y'all know that, right? That's oh, hey, okay. that's fine. Yeah, I want to know all about it. We do a barbecue here in Swatch every Friday and Saturday. We actually have some plans coming up that we're going to be changing stuff and moving stuff around a lot. Started out about a couple months ago, my youngest daughter was going through robotics camp. Mm-hmm. And robotics camp is really expensive. Mm-hmm. So we were looking around for some stuff to do and someone said, hey, you, you seem to be able to cook pretty well. Why don't you go ahead and do something with that? So I went over to the 4th Street Diner, which is here in Swatch, 411 4th Street, talked with the owner and they're only open during the day. So on Fridays and Saturdays, we go in there and we cook everything fresh. We don't have anything frozen from the night before and we sell until we run out. Our staples are the pulled pork and the chicken and then we do brisket or we'll do gumbo or we'll do something else depending mm-hmm. and like i said it's it's all fresh and when we're when we're out we're out when you're out you're out and you run out often don't you we do which, Good. which we appreciate you know we've, we've got an amazing response from the people here in town and from the county i get people that'll come all the way down from crestone that'll come in from villa grove and stuff and we appreciate that we actually do delivery out to the kv Oh, oh nice. do you? Nice. And we charge $3 for that. We take all the orders from 5 to 6, and then we meet at the clubhouse. That way mm-hmm. we can kind of do the whole social gathering thing. Mm-hmm. And then we also do delivery anywhere in the town of Swatch for $2. Oh. oh. Hmm. Do you have uh, employees, obviously? Or? Do you know the amazing thing is, because I was doing this for, I was trying to earn money for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people were like, go do a GoFundMe or something like that. And I've always taught my kids, we work for what we get. Right. And I have an amazing group of people that come in and they help for free. Oh, how wonderful. I That's have, uh, really cool. Mackenzie Hamill. Mackenzie Hamill, she comes in. Sky Wright, Richard Wright, uh, Trevor Modine, who is actually a trooper with the uh, State Patrol. He comes in whenever he can help. And then there's just been several other people that just come on in and they help. And it's just it's amazing. I'm really humbled, actually, by the by the help that we get. Well, you do so much for the community. Of course, you know the community is going to come back for you know to help you. What made you decide to open a restaurant? I mean, just your daughter and just my that. daughter. Mm-hmm. There's there's not a lot of economic. Things.
things to do in this town where you can make money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a difficult thing. And I was like, well, people say the food's good. It looks good. And we'll see what we can do. If you haven't tried the jalapeno poppers. Oh, I'm addicted to them. <laughs> Those are really good. <laughs> and I don't eat peppers. Oh, see. We but call- I love them. And I mean, it's just this weird little obsession I now have that I have to have my little jalapeno poppers. The poppers, yeah. You Do you enjoy cooking? I do. I, I really like doing it. I, I'll get off work at 10 o'clock on Thursday and then we start, like I said, I'll start at midnight and mm-hmm. get everything smoking and wrapped up and mm-hmm. we make everything fresh by hand. I actually had a lady that said that my cornbread recipe reminded me of her grandmother's, which oh, I took as a cool. huge compliment. That That's is a, a huge compliment. That's so, a yeah. huge compliment. Yeah. So you do you still have plans for moving it to Hooper? We are getting ready. This is a secret not many people know. Hooper Junction, which is right there on the corner, right by the sand dunes. Mm -hmm. Uh, My partner and I are actually getting ready to open that up. We were hoping to be open by July 1st. Nice. And we're going to open the convenience store, the gas station, and the restaurant. All there. there. Oh, that's a great location for that, too. It is. We're super excited about that. We'll be open from, I believe we're doing 7 in the morning until 7 o'clock at night. And that is... How many days a week? Or seven what? days a week. Seven days a week. It's going to be a full restaurant right there. Uh, we'll really kick off the barbecue on the weekends. We'll be doing fish, fish fries. We'll also have a farmer's market flea market nice. out there on Saturday and Sundays out in the parking really? lot. Really? Yeah, cool, huh? Okay. Oh. How are you going to do this and, <laughs> and the deputy? Sleep is for the week. and do you plan on just moving to hooper or are you going to try to maintain here also we're going to stay here yeah we my partner is really really good Mm -hmm. and he's had his own business for quite a few years we have some amazing people that want to come work for us and i think it's just going to be a really good opportunity we're going to be able to bring a little bit more business that place has been closed down for a while so we're going to be able to bring some business to the area and give some people some jobs and whatnot. That's nice. just wonderful. Yeah, so it's right there at that intersection that, where you go into the sand dunes. Right, mm-hmm. Is it right across from the post office? No. Or am I in the wrong location? Wrong location. Okay. It's I'll actually right there on, on 17 oh, okay. and 112, like going okay. down towards uh, center. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. the only thing in between pretty much between Alamosa and Slida. Right. Like You're you going to be busy. Like you got Mosca right there. Yeah, right you the are going to be busy. <laughs> oh, like that's I said, exciting. We've got a great menu coming up. We're going to have the convenience store going. We'll have the gas going, everything. And what's your open date? We're looking at July 1st. July Wonderful. 1st. Seven to seven, seven days a week? Yes. Congratulations. If, what a great opportunity for you. If anyone's bored, we, have, we do have a cleaning party coming up. Feel free to give me a call. We'll be glad to take your help. We did that last week, fed everybody, and uh, had a great group of people come out to help us get it ready. So you're already in in the place, and you're starting rehabbing and all right. of that. We're we're painting it up. We're you know, like I said, it sat for a while, so we're mm-hmm. we're cleaning stuff. We're washing dishes, making making it look really really good. So a cleaning party. People want to come to this cleaning party. Where should they show up? What time? Do they need to call you first or just show up? Uh, hit me up on Facebook. Okay. And, uh, last okay. time we had about 10 or 12 people show up. And like you said, we had a good time. We had a bunch of music. We had a bunch of food. It was a good time all the way around. And what day is it? Usually we do it on Sunday. On Sunday. You're one day off. 
Right. Because <laughs> you need something to do on your day off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just don't have enough going. <laughs> well, on a good note, what are your um, specials this week? This week over at Wayne's Barbecue Shack here in Swatch, we are doing our brisket tacos. Oh, yummy. Now, let me tell you about these brisket tacos. They're brisket not your tacos. tacos. Have you ever had them? No. Stephanie, why don't you ever come see me? That hurts my heart. You know, I did. Well, first of all, we're sort of out of work right now. We ain't got no money. <laughs> will you be open for sit down this week? We will be open very limited. Okay. We're going to be following all the, all the, guidelines. All the requirements and guidelines. Mm-hmm. But let me, let me tell you about these brisket yeah. tacos. Okay. First yes. off, we take two corn tortillas. Mm-hmm. We put them on the grill. We put a bunch of cheese on top of them. Mm. We take our shredded, and then but before we do that, we dip them in a hot chili sauce. Boom, boom. Drop mm-hmm. them on the grill, shredded cheese. Then we take brisket, we put it on top, take one on top of the other, fold it over. Then you get a little container of the hot chili sauce. It's also a beef broth. Mm-hmm. And we put cilantro, we put limes, and then we put onions. Wow. And you just squeeze them on top. I, these are nacho Taco Bell tacos. Oh, oh my yummy. gosh. We'll have to try them. I know. I just hiked five miles this morning and I had to rush here for this podcast. So I am really hungry right now. <laughs> Can you make me some oh, yeah. before Absolutely. Friday? <laughs> Absolutely. We also have our chicken. We have our pulled pork, the barbecue sauce served on the side. We serve what we call naked because we don't want to hide the flavor at all. Mm-hmm. And then we have brisket. We have rolls that are made fresh every day and we have cornbread that's made fresh every day. We also have three or four different sides. One side that we always have is green beans with potatoes and bacon. Mm-hmm. My grandmother used to make that, so it's a, I'll eat it for breakfast. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, this week, I think we have pasta salad. We'll have either ranch beans or we'll have southern beans, which is with molasses, mm-hmm. bacon, whatnot. And oh. then now our poppers. I love our poppers. My son will literally eat poppers cold the next day out of the refrigerator. I probably would. <laughs> so we take a jalapeno, we chop it in half, we stuff it with four cheeses, and then we wrap it in bacon and grill it. Oh, oh my god, delicious. I am so hungry um, right now. They yeah. are delicious. That sounds really good. So your hours this weekend again, just so we know people know. We start taking orders at five and we go until we run out or we shut down a day. Run in and get it and go. It is. And And there's always a line. There is. Yes. It's it's great. We get our delivery services really, does really well. And we have, like I said, just some amazing people that have really, really supported us. Well, good. And raising money for your daughter. I want to do a shout out to some of the people here in town. I don't want to embarrass them or anything, but there, there's a couple of families here in town that have really, really helped with that. Mm-hmm. And it means a lot to me and it means a lot to my family. Because like I said, this way we can afford to send my daughter to her robotics camp. She went to space camp last year. Nice. And uh, yeah, she's just, she's doing really well. And this is what we're doing for that. Great cause. Who are the families that you want to? Well, they're kind of, they were kind of like on the side. They were like, hey, let us help you out here. So. Right. But I right. mean, they, they know who they are and I know they listen to you. Okay. And that's the good. beauty of a small town, isn't right. it? Yeah. It really is. Everybody knows souls. everybody. Well, but everybody's willing to, they see needs or they see things and they all chip in. They do. Yeah. They do. Awesome. So are there any other questions you have or? Or when are you opening? I need a chai, and you do such amazing chai. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, our plan is to open June 15th. We're just sort of sitting back and 
watching how things happen. My husband's really nervous about all this. And we're just sitting back and watching and seeing how things go. And then when we feel comfortable, well, back to you, Wayne. So (laughs) we really appreciate you joining us today. And do you have anything else that you want to put out there to the community or? Like I said, folks, if you need help, let us know. You can contact us at the sheriff's office, 655-2525. Carry food in my truck if people need food. We try to help out with firewood, anything else. But the big thing is, if you need help, folks, please just ask for it. Thank you. This is Stephanie, Sarah, and Wayne Clark from the Sawatch Roundup. And we hope you enjoyed our podcast today. And we are over and out. Sawatch Roundup is brought to you by the Wapiti Coffee House, located in downtown Sawatch, just behind the Southwest Bank on San Juan Avenue. Just look for the big blue building. Thanks for joining our broadcast today, and we hope to see you soon.